Should we uh, yep. do this? Yep. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. This week, it's time for our book report, and this month, it's A Complaint-Free World by Will Bowen. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I will do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she has been undertaking one month at a time for nearly one year. Woohoo! I'm playing along too, and as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. Jenny and I are super excited to share with you that this week we are headed to Detroit to see our online pretend best friend Gretchen and her sister Liz at a live event. So stay tuned because on next week's podcast, we are going to share all the fun with you. So that's something we're definitely looking forward to. And I hope you are too. Two words. What are they? Matching shirts. Oh my goodness. We totally have matching shirts. I'll put a a photo up in uh, the show notes and on the Instagram after we go. So look for those as well. Oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. As for our May challenge, we have challenged ourselves and you to cultivate a more positive mindset and therefore life by stopping complaining, as well as criticizing, gossiping, and overall being negative. In order to do this, we have embraced Will Bowen's complaint-free challenge, and we ordered his purple complaint-free bracelets. We have been wearing our bracelets, and we are switching wrists every time we complain, gossip, or criticize. And remember, we are only concerned with complaints that actually come out of our mouth. So for the purposes of the challenge, if you think it, it's free. It doesn't count. But um, you will find that as you say, fewer and fewer complaints, your mind will produce fewer and fewer of them. You can use anything that you can move from wrist to wrist. An elastic even works fine. You could move a coin or a pebble from one pocket to the other. It doesn't matter what the object is as long as you're moving it every time you complain, gossip, or criticize, and then keep track of how many days you can go without needing to move it. Every time we switch the bracelet is day one, and we have the goal that we want to try and get to day 21 without complaining. So this challenge, apparently, according to Will Bowen, takes the average person four to eight months to get to the 21-day streak of not complaining, and we've been working on it for about two weeks now. So uh, how's it going for you, Jenny? It's going well. Although I got to admit that sometimes I forget I'm wearing the bracelet and, you know, if it gets tucked in my sleeve or something like that and I can't see it and then I, I will see it and then I can't remember if I had complained because it's not (laughs) actively on my mind. Yeah. Um, I think it's going well. I feel like I'm more aware of the complaining and I'm certainly aware that I, I was complaining more than I realized, um, But I think the really tricky thing is that you suddenly notice it everywhere and it makes you so hyper aware of the complaining around you. I don't know. I, I have not gotten more than a a day Mm -hmm. without complaining. I probably haven't gotten more than a half day, but I am more aware. And I think that that's for me, the big takeaway. Yeah. Oh, I think that's the point. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? So you I've gotten, gone a day? yeah, I've gone a, a full day and a bit. And then are these days when you're home by yourself, uh, not necessarily. No, because <laughs> when I'm home by myself, I do this thing where I'm looking at the internet and I'll say complaints out loud. I still oh, do it. Yeah. 
you do. So um, I am trying to temper that a little bit. But uh, but yes, I have been able to go a little bit longer, but still not more than a day and a half or so. But right. As, you're right, like everywhere, there's people complaining. And that increased awareness has led me to notice that. So in almost every area of life, you see it, whether it's something you're yeah. watching on television, or even going to the grocery store or whatever. Yeah. So um, I think you're right. It's just the fact that we're noticing it and trying to change it up a little bit is the whole point of this challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of this challenge, it's time to talk about our book report. To go along with our theme this month, we've been checking out the book, A Complaint-Free World, How to Stop Complaining and Start Enjoying the Life You Always Wanted. And this book is, of course, by Will Bowen. In Chinese, the word complain is comprised of two symbols, hug and ego. The Chinese believe that to complain is to hug your ego, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's cool. I like that. There's profound wisdom in the pairing of these two signs to indicate the essence of complaining. When you complain, you're hugging your ego. Um, And he says that complaining is talking about things that you do not want rather than what you do want. When we complain, we're using our words to focus on the things that are not as we would like. Our thoughts create our lives and our words indicate what we're thinking. Put another way, what you articulate, you demonstrate. So this idea that our uh, lives are created by our thoughts is not a new idea. So thousands of great philosophers and teachers across a whole spectrum of ideologies have told us this for millennia. And in this book, Will Bowen gives some examples. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Jesus said that in Matthew 8, verse 13. Uh, The universe is change. Our life is what our thoughts make it. Marcus Aurelius, a Stoic. We talked about Stoics a couple weeks ago. We are shaped by our thoughts. We become what we think. The Buddha. Change your thoughts and you change your world. Norman Vincent Peale. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. James Allen. We become what we think about. Earl Nightingale. He's known sort of as the godfather, let's call it, of um, personal growth. Um, why we are, or sorry, why are we masters of our fate, the captains of our souls? Because we have the power to control our thoughts. Alfred A. Monopert. All right. Um, one of the things that he brought up in this book, which is cool, and this is something that isn't new. If you're, have you, if you've read any personal development books at all, you'll have learned these four stages that you go through when you learn any new habit or when you become competent at any new skill. So the first stage is unconscious incompetence. So you don't realize, meaning you're unconscious, how often you complain. You're incompetent. So um, we can think about it for complaining. But when I learned this concept, it was helpful for me to use driving as the example. Because when you've never driven a car, you don't even know that you don't, well, you don't know. You're unconsciously incompetent. So you don't know how to drive the car and you don't even know what you would do. Same thing. We talk about this exact thing at work. Do you? All the time. It's the whole like, you know what you know, you know what you don't know. You don't know what you know. You don't yeah. know what you don't know. Yeah. Thing. yeah. So then, that's hilarious. Well, that's cool. And then we like, we transition as we're learning any skill from unconscious incompetence, meaning we don't even know what we don't know, to conscious incompetence. Now we're aware of what we don't know, but we're still incompetent because we're still not doing it well. So uh, his example here is you're comfortably aware or conscious of your complaining. Uh, misery loves company and thus derives validation. So that's sort of in that conscious incompetence place where you're noticing the people around you complaining, then you transition to conscious competence. You really have to think about it and you really have to focus 
But now you can do it. You're no longer complaining and you're aware that you're not complaining. Now I'm in conscious competence. Then the next stage is unconscious competence. So when you use the example of driving a car, this is when you just drive and you don't even think necessarily about what you're doing. Like you push the gas and the brake and like you do everything you're supposed to do without even considering it because it's just unconscious competence. Same thing with complaining. So now it's become unconscious. We're not even noticing that we're not complaining for you to be competent at not complaining which is a lot of words to just say that you go from you don't know what you don't know to now you know that you didn't know it to now you're like focusing on it and now you just do it automatically and it's locked in as a new habit. Do you know what's cool about this is when I've seen this before, it was in a pie chart and it was just talking about basically, you know, they kind of had like the, you don't know what you like all of these things in the smallest and then like the biggest part, like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But I've not looked at it in terms of stages. Oh, cool. So this is cool. Well, I think it's it's cool for our challenge this month about complaining, but it's relevant to every habit that we take on. So yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Absolutely. So this will be funny when Sarah and Sarah, I know you're out there. When you're <laughs> listening to this, you will, I'm sure, resonate with this as well, because we've heard this a number of times at work. So awesome. All right. Leader. Uh, the other thing that we'll mention about the book is part of receiving the bracelets, uh, that Jenny and I got, and that we've handed out to a few people. Uh, you also oh. get daily messages from Will Bowen, uh, through the interwebs and he sends videos. So they give you daily tools to keep the concepts going in your life and reminders that can be very well-timed. So that's something else that, uh, you can look forward to if you get this book and, or if you grab the bracelets. So we want to know if you check this book out or if you watched his videos, hit us up on the Facebook group or send us an email to the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at Jake House. And as always, I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag the improvement project. Now it is time for a segment where we dig a little deeper into our personalities called who are you anyway? We take a question and give our perspective on the topic with the goal of understanding ourselves a little bit better. This week's question is, do you think it's possible to never complain again? I gotta say, I think it's, yes, I think it's physically, it's possible to never complain again. However, I don't know if it's really reasonable. Um, I think that your reason why is very important and would drive your motivation to not want to complain. I think it's great to be mindful about complaining and just find ways to reduce it so that it's not shaping your thoughts. But I also think it's kind of hilarious sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think there's something that you can kind of verge on the edge of kind of Pollyanna-ish if you, you know, never complain. I mean... Come on. Sure. Well, and when I was thinking about this question, I think it's probably possible, right? Just as you said, but there's sometimes when it just feels so good to complain. And I think this whole exercise of increasing awareness and an overall reduction in complaints is probably a good thing. But sometimes there's no words or (laughs) that that are appropriate for a situation other than complaint. So uh, in our past episodes, we obviously covered all the reasons why we should reduce complaining and why it's bad for us and why it could change our brains in the negative and all of those things. But it got me thinking, what is it that human beings, why is it that they complain anyway? Why did we evolve socially to complain? And maybe there's some positives to complaining. So I took a look and see what I to see what I could find. And so here's what I found. So complaining is a pastime that can be found in most groups, if not most people. 
There are some stress-relieving benefits to complaining, though they diminish when complaining slips into more serious mode of anger and rumination. Voicing frustrations in small doses, however, does have its place as a stress reliever, and here are some of the reasons why people are often prone to complaining. So sometimes we just straight up need to vent, Um, and I like this, like a shaken bottle of carbonated goodness. (laughs) Well done. Um, When we're under pressure, we can sometimes feel the urge to explode in complaints. Letting it all out can relieve the inner tension we feel from a difficult situation, and it kind of helps us to feel ready to face the next frustration. Sometimes we just need to blow off steam by expressing ourselves. All right, here's another reason why sometimes complaining would be good. Validation feels good. Often when we are frustrated or feel wronged in some way, feeling emotional validation from another person is like a salve for our bruised egos. Hearing someone say, I know how you feel, I'd be frustrated too, can feel like a warm hug. After getting some quick validation, like scraped up children who have just received a kiss from mom, we feel confident to venture back out and face our problems. And solutions can feel even better. Approaching a problem as a team can pool the strengths of several people at once. Complaining to others about what's bothering you opens up to their input and perhaps some solutions that maybe you hadn't even thought of. People often engage in complaining as a way to ask for help. And we may need another perspective. When we are too close to a situation, it is common to see only our own perspective and to see the problems we face as magnified and sometimes distorted. Sometimes it helps to tell a trusted friend what we are facing and see if there's something we're not seeing or if there's a different way to look at the same situation. If we are open to hearing new input, it can be quite helpful to step outside of our own point of view and see what others think of our complaints. Sometimes looking at something in a different way can dissolve our anger and frustration frustrations or can open up new solutions and possibilities for coping. And we may need to build motivation. Sometimes we know we need to make a change, but we simply aren't ready to take the risks and put in the effort quite yet. We need to build motivation. Focusing on what is difficult about a situation can be a way to build motivation to make a change. It's part of the process of getting there. Well, and that one resonates with me through this whole process of building habits. So that one's Mm -hmm. an important one. All right, here's here's a good one. Complaining gets things done. Just as the squeaky wheel gets the oil, sometimes voicing one's complaint in a way is a way to get things fixed. If you complain to someone who is in a position to make changes, and if you use a diplomatic approach, complaining in this way can be much more effective in relieving stress than saying nothing, since the polite complaint approach can get results. The problems we complain about often need solutions and the stress of these challenges must be minimized and managed. Clearly, complaining has some benefits and can be a way to relieve stress in small doses, but excessive complaining about the problems, big or small, just isn't effective. It's not an effective solution. Cut out complaining and you're much more likely to see the world with optimism and gratitude. So, uh, yeah, I think that... um We've, we've covered why it's bad, but there are these few reasons why it's not necessarily a bad thing. So yes. just as we said earlier today, and as we've said the last few episodes, the big key here is noticing what you've been doing. And if it's causing you some negative effects, then you want to change it up so that it's just an effective complaint, not a down the, the spiral into the drain complaint. Yeah, absolutely. And now it is time for what are you digging lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to or what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity we've found. And we feel like you might find it fun too. 
So each week, each of us will share something that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. And this week, I'm digging Chelsea Handler. So if you don't know who Chelsea Handler is, she's a, a comedian, um, and she is, uh, and she's also a writer, and she's a host, and um, she's unapologetic. She's funny, and I find her entertaining. She has a reputation of being a bad girl, but lately, it's been pretty cool to watch and read the content that she's putting out there because she's curious about learning more, being better, helping people, mm-hmm. and exploring hard topics. So if you're interested at all, you can watch a docu-series that she did on Netflix called Chelsea Does. And she, in this uh, docu-series, confronts personal and cultural hang-ups around marriage, drugs, Silicon Valley, and racism, which are topics that fascinate her. And I found them all fascinating as well. Yeah. Um, I also read her newest book that just came out last month, and it's called Life Will Be the Death of Me and You Too. And it's a pretty fascinating look at the personal growth she's gone through because her other books, which are also funny and hilarious, are all of her like, you know, behaving badly and like doing all sorts of like crazy stuff. And this one is she's actually done some introspection. She got some therapy. She realizes that through the death of her brother when she was nine years old and then the death of her mother when she was in her early 30s, that she was hanging on to some stuff. And she did a lot of personal growth that has taken her to, I think, a more functional space. It's pretty cool. Yeah. She's hilarious. I found I, so I have read her books, um, over the years and watched her shows, um, you know, back when she had Chelsea lately yeah. and, uh, and of course on Netflix when she had her kind of late night show there and then Chelsea does. And I have found that I have to be very careful about the dosage oh, and yeah? about, because her really kind of blunt yeah. way of communicating. If I consume too much of that in a row, I it's kind of like people that hang out with someone with an accent and start talking like that. <laughs> I get that thing where I'm like, I find myself, you become accustomed to it and you just get super blunt as well. Oh, it's wow. That's cool. Problem I had with, um, what was the show that was based on those guys in Ontario? Oh, Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny. I felt Sorry myself getting out. dumber. <laughs> I had to stop and take a break. Small doses, small doses. Oh my gosh, small doses. Yeah, because I could just feel my IQ. I love that show, but I got to be so careful. <laughs> Speaking of shows, um, have you watched Wine Country on Netflix? No, I have not. Okay, that's that is what I'm officially digging. So it came out on Friday and I watched it on Friday night. Yeah. And it's, I believe, directed by Amy Poehler, and it features loads of the Saturday Night Live female alumni and some writers who are not usually on this side of the camera, including Paula Pell and uh, Emily Spivey. And oh my gosh, so good. Um, it's hilarious. It's so worth watching. Paula Pell is, for me, far and away the best part of the movie. I just love her. If you are on Twitter, look up Perla Pell, like she's saying like Perla, Um, but Perla Pell on Twitter, comedy gold. She's, (laughs) she is behind many of the most popular SNL skits over the years. And she is just a funny, funny lady. And she has a, a web series as well called Hudson Valley Ballers. And it's about her and her friend that moved to the Hudson Valley and open a B and B and it is just a riot. But anyway, Wine Country, Wine Country. on Netflix. Okay, I'll definitely Watch check it. it out. You won't be disappointed. It's great. Awesome. 
All right, now it's time for you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So I'm up for the win, and I just want to give everybody an update. Uh, You might have tuned in last week and heard about my hot wax uh, (laughs) incident where I ended up with a burn on my face. Uh, Anyways, everything's healed up nicely. My face is back to like looking like its normal self. And, um, And after that happened, I got some really cool, fun headshots taken this past week by one of our local in St. Thomas photographers, Mark Yardakis of Spitzy Media. So he's working on a por- portrait project and he included me, which is fantastic. Um, and if you're looking for somebody to get headshots done, you should reach out. I'll put a link in yeah. the show notes. Um, just in June of 2019, he's doing a special promotion, I think, where he's doing headshots for people. So if that's something that you're looking for, I think it's like um, affordable and uh, he'll do some great work for you. So I'll put, yeah. uh, as I said, I'll put uh, a couple of the pictures in the show notes and I'll put a link to to find Mark. And if you're on, I'm, I realize I'm not on much, but on social media, um, he did my headshot as well. I use him at work and he is fantastic. And he's just a super, super guy to work with. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Really easy going guy. It's great. Makes it very quick. Um, Okay, so I'm up for the learn. And so mine is going to seem odd. I don't, it's, this is a weird one, but I just need to talk about it and get it out. Get it out. Get it out. It's better out than in. My learn is related to quitting a habit okay. that I've had, a daily habit that I've had since November okay. 2018. I've, been, I've mentioned this before that I've been kept up my streak of walking on the treadmill for 20 minutes a day. Well, I decided on Sunday to stop. Okay. Tell us why. I wasn't really getting much out of it anymore and I was just doing it out of the habit and frankly, my inability to break a streak once I'm on it, gotcha. I have a hard time. And I don't know if that's part of the whole upholder. Yeah, I think it is thing. Um, but I realize that sometimes I just keep up habits for the sake of the habit. And even though I don't enjoy it or get value from them, um, I'm not, I'm not being intentional, I guess you'd say about right. why I'm doing it. And I guess now that it's nice out, I'm outside more and I'm getting exercise that way. So I think next winter I would do it again and start it up. But right now I just feel done with it. It just didn't feel intentional. And uh, I mean, I'm all for drudgery in the name of growth, but it just felt like it just felt like one more thing on the to-do list every day when, um, when there's probably other things I could do that would move the happiness needle more Okay, for me. It's also cool so, to think about habits, be, habits being seasonal, which is, yes. this is kind of something that I've never really thought about before. So that's kind of cool that you'll go back to it potentially next year. Yeah. And I think I have such a hard time letting go of something when I'm on a streak. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it happens accidentally, but this was one where I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to stop doing this. Well, there's something cool about that. Pick it back up. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also something cool about it because you're in control of it. And as you said, you're intentionally deciding to do something different. I think that's neat. Yeah. And I don't know what you'll think of this, but I think there's a limit of the amount of daily habits you can have Yeah, before you feel like a robot. Because you just feel and like everything you is fitting sent into me the... a hilarious cartoon. Oh, yeah. You sent me a really good one, and I'm going to see if I can quickly find it, because I think 
I think it really actually summed it up. Well, when I saw when I saw it, I thought of you immediately because it sort of was the sum up of what you've tried to explain before that you like routine or you like habits, but you don't necessarily always like being in routine. Yes, it's this woman and she says, I love routine until I'm bored. Then I love excitement until I'm overwhelmed. Then I love routine. (laughs) And that pretty much sums it up. Um, and I just, I do find that I can get stuck in these things cause it's like, well, I do this every day and I just, I get robot brain where it's like, yes, I do this. And it's like, I need to question why sometimes. time to mix it up. Yeah. Good and job. I think I need to get a little intentional about chilling out a little bit too. So that's yeah, what I'm going to do. I think that that's fair. Yeah. So do you want to talk about next week? Absolutely. Guess what's going to happen next week? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. (laughs) To hear the details of our nerdy, nerdy trip to Detroit to go see our online pretend best friend Gretchen and her sister Liz live. We could not be more excited and we're going to take lots of pictures and hopefully get some audio maybe uh, recorded for you on the road trip. And if we're lucky, maybe even at the event itself, um, I foresee a selfie with your long arm because my short arms will not do, where (laughs) we are sitting in our seats and it's us, but then behind us on stage is Gretchen and Liz. (laughs) Okay, we can totally do that. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. We would love to hear how the No Complaining Challenge is going for you. Have you noticed and are there still times when you really want to complain and feel like maybe it's helpful rather than harmful? Get in touch. Our email address is theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jcouse, and I am on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you like the show and we hope that you do, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. We would love it so much if you would rate us and leave a review on iTunes. It really does help more people to find the show. We also have a Facebook group, so search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. So I'm going to make a Spotify playlist for a road trip. Okay. Do you have any requests? Do they need to be um, habit improvement related? No, we can do whatever we want, but yeah, probably.